Welcome to Oralphonic, episode 27, a podcast about Podfic. This month's topic is Podfic Permission. I'm Jenna Pod, and I have with me... Attica. And our guest host... Dr. Fumbles McStupid, a.k.a. Fumbles. Hi, guys. Hey. 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 It's been so long since we've been together. I know, it feels like terrible. I don't think I've actually worked on anything with you, but Paraka, I've done a couple of things with. Yeah, I think, yeah. well, certainly we've known each other on Twitter for a long time. Yeah, but, like, we we did When the Lights Go On Again together. Yeah. Like, yes. collaborative. The community is bigger than you think it is. Like, I feel yeah, like there's is. so many people whose names I know who haven't necessarily talked to or participated in stuff with, but I feel like I yeah. know them because I see them going by, you know, or I listen mm-hmm. to their voices. Let's uh, Let's do news. So I don't know if it's too late to put Of Just Imagine's confabulation promo in, but I missed doing it last month, and I feel so horribly guilty. So um, here it is anyway. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Of Just Imagine. So I'm trying to start a fandom exchange called A Breath of Life, specifically aimed towards, like, bringing new works to, like, dead fandoms. Good title. I like it. Yeah, yeah, a breath of life. So, like, I think, like, the qualifications for, like, a dead fandom is it has to have, like, 500 or under pages on fanfiction.net that go back to, like, a certain date. I forget the date. I have to uh, look it up. Okay, all right. But, um, so, like, and, like, if it wasn't present on fanfiction.net, just, like, AO3 or just, like, bring it up and be like, hey, does this count? I'll be like, yeah, cool. Looking for a co-mod for that? Podfix. Super awesome. Welcome. All different media types. Do you have a com for it and everything already? I have a, a Tumblr and okay. I have an AO3 page. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll put those in the links. And then if anyone's okay. interested in a co-mod, uh, you can have a look and there's an opportunity there. Yeah. Contact Fumbles. Super bonus if you have, like, knowledge of, like, AO3's matching system that they already have made. Because I'm trying to figure that out myself. Band of Big Bang is running again. It it never dies. I love that Band of Big Bang is still still trucking along. And they are doing Podfic, one of the Big Bangs that includes it. Sign-ups started on March 1st, and they're still open. They're pretty much open until the rough drafts are due, which is June 1st. So check that out if you want to participate. The last thing is, is the end of an era... The Amplificathon mods have announced that they are not going to be doing Amplificathon this year, Ooh. which is the first time since 2000, since it started running in 2008. It's so crazy, the so, history there. Gosh. Wow. Yeah, and it's basically because this year the archive's not running, and yeah. it's that challenge relies so much on the archive to get the stats and mm-hmm. and to decide like which fandoms are the big fandoms and how the points go and stuff like that that it's really kind of stymied from running without it. So, um, but that said, two well by the time this airs, it'll be like two or three weeks ago. Um, while this was happening while that decision was coming to, um, there was a discussion on Twitter that a whole bunch of people kind of ended up glomping onto about Amplificathon ending and 
and how it was run and possible replacements and stuff like that. And uh, I was involved with it because I'm nosy like that. <laughs> um, and a bunch of us were kind of talking about like possible replacement comms and kind of it forked off into two discussions. One that was a general like, yay, let's encourage podfic and give points for some competitive edge uh, type thing and different ways of encouraging it. And another community idea that was based around like, okay, fandoms that don't have a lot of podfic, rare fandoms, and let's try and encourage podfic in that direction and and stuff like that. So there um, was a there was mention of like a team based community as well. Yeah, they were that that's the first one she's talking about, like oh, okay, a landcom okay. yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, like a landcom. That sounded really cool to me. Yeah. That's interesting to me. Yeah, I think Pod so, is on the other side of this, but yeah. <laughs> both of them were team based where they were talking about like the, like the landcoms or whatever, where it's like, okay, your team is gets this prompt and your team gets that prompt and mm-hmm. whoever can produce the most podfic around it, that team gets points, and then there's the next prompt and the next prompt. Um, and then the other one was based around, which is the one that I'm working on and like Bess, Calakiri and I are trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to do the rules for, and it's turning out to be way more complicated than we thought. And we're understanding why the point system and Amplificathon was the way it was. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that conversation was really interesting because obviously there's so many, as soon as you start talking about, there's all these things that people bring up as like, you know, I don't want to see like the giant fandoms take over or I don't want to see like this get ignored or that be a pressure point here, um, which is why you end up splitting off. Right. Because there's so many different it depends what your priorities are when you're creating that. For a little bit of background for those that didn't read that weren't there for the conversation, we were talking about like there's there's the big juggernaut fandoms that tend to have a lot of pod figure, mm-hmm. a lot of pod fic in it and then there's everything else that has almost none and like the whether pod fic ha- or whether a fandom has a lot of pod fic often has relatively little to do with how big that fandom is outside of pod fic um, and it's just like whether or not pod fic fandom has glommed onto it or not so we had kind of decided in our rule while we were talking about the rules was if um one, we were talking about instead of individuals winning, it would be a fandom would win. Mm-hmm. And you would try and get, like, individual fandoms would be competing against each other to try and build those fandoms up. And um, any fandom that at the start of the challenge that had more than 100 podfics in it would be disqualified from competing. Hmm. To say it, but also, I mean, have you considered not what, like, pairings within fandoms? So, like, what about all the fem slash pairings that don't get as much love as, like, the main pairing in each fandom and things like that? I, I don't know. I find it really difficult. The thing is, when you're talking about looking at privileging super rare fandoms, yeah. If a fandom has zero pod fix, mm-hmm. It's way more disadvantaged than a fandom that has a hundred podfix, even if it doesn't have any podfix that focus on a specific pairing. So that's kind of our justification for saying, look, even though it doesn't cover every corner of this fandom, that fandom's at least represented in some way. So we're trying to do things that can encourage like fandoms that go from one or two podfix. Like, hey, yo, 
that definitely works. Like, you know, Amplificathon, like, we went from one Tin Man podfic to, like, 18. Like, <laughs> last couple, because of me. Because of me. So we're trying to get around those rules, but it's a little bit more complex than that. And it's going to be some some digging, and we're it's probably going to take a couple of rounds before we figure things out, but we're working on it. And I think on the other side, because I feel like we've talked a lot about this one on on the other side the the team based thing i think the basis of that that's coming out of amplificathon is the idea of competing at a fun competition the thing that really appealed to me was as a person who doesn't have a huge amount of output um it's it's kind of nice to think oh but i could be a part of a group that's doing you know like working together and doing a fun thing and usually when i do produce things it's because i'm working with someone or i have someone pulling me along or i have the guilt of like I need, you know, I need to do this or I won't let so-and-so down, you know, and, and all of those things would work within that kind of team-based thing. And I like the idea of kind of a rotating challenge or something where it'd be not so much fandom-based as like idea but like or themes or something. Or themes or whatever. Yeah. So I think both challenges sound really exciting. I mean, I'm sad about Amplificathon, but I'm excited about the idea of new things coming in, you know. Honestly, I think, yeah. like, both of those sound solid and, like, would if they ran different times, I would participate in both of them. Well, um, we've, we've digressed slightly, but I think that is really interesting. We have a couple talkbacks. They're actually um, written comments on the AO3 and on, the, on our um, website rather than um, audio ones, so we're just going to read them out. The first one's from Aless, who said, I adore this last podcast. It always seemed to me that podfix are separated on sex lines, and it is often hard to find men on the side of podfic community. Looking forward to stories of other isolated communities. Have you tried Harry Potter? Uh, P.S. I think that the language used assumed that the AO3 podfic community was the main one, when we don't know that for sure. Is there a Chinese community? I'd love to find more sources for great audio works. Um, so to first answer that question... Yeah, I find, like, AO3 Podfic Phantom, as Aless Knox described it, um, is very slash fandom heavy, which uh-huh. has always been very, been very female pres- uh, heavy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, this kind of Podfic fandom, our, our Podfic fandom experience has been very female heavy. That said, I definitely know of a couple male Podfickers that are regulars or that are around. But they're very much um, the exception rather than the rule. Yeah. And like MLP fandom has like, is known for being male centric. Like ponies yeah. are kind of famously so. So um, I'm not surprised that it's male centric compared to our corners of fandom. Um, I don't know whether the rest of it, like how it would fall throughout the rest of fandom at large, but mm-hmm. I'm not super surprised that these two lines fell through the um, genders as it did. Um, we do have a Harry Potter episode that we has do. happened in the past. It um, contains but- lots of Dodie and me getting very excited. <laughs> But yes, it is mostly female-centric, um, and it is not a separate growth thing like I think you might expect it to be. But I would comment on um, the fact that 
that L.S. Knox pointed out about the AO3 Podfit community is the main one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there certainly are other Podfit communities that have cropped up elsewhere. Um, I've seen, like, as someone who kind of keeps an eye on the pulse of things elsewhere, I've seen other communities spontaneously invent Podfix multiple, yeah. multiple times. And sometimes they join the main Podfix community, sometimes they don't. Um, I haven't seen too many non-English communities, but that's probably more because I don't speak other languages very well. So, like, if there's a Chinese community out there, I lived in China for a while, but I certainly don't speak the language. Yeah, I mean, if people know about other communities, I, I, I think it's really interesting. We'd certainly like to hear, that'd be a great talk back if, if people have experience in... I know of one Hong Kong-based pod ficker, but they do all of their their pod ficking in English. Yeah, I mean, I think we know a lot of foreign pod fickers who are pod ficking in English. Obviously, more of them are European-based, but there's still people who aren't pod ficking in their first language. Um, and that is probably because the primary, maybe the larger community fandom communities are in English, but that must be changing. I mean, I, if nothing else, it seems like you see nowadays more and more works that are being translated into, say, Russian. Um, I don't know what else, but you see those notifications. Spanish, Spanish. Japanese. Yep, Japanese. Okay. Chinese. So if fanfics are getting translated, I can't, you know, I, I have to believe that, that, you know, original works certainly exist. We're just not seeing it. But also these translated works could be getting podfics as well, so... Yeah, they're probably just happening so completely separately that we're not seeing it. Yeah. And I can definitely say, like, when I was, I was, uh, for ITPE, I was looking for, like, some Dragon Ball Z stuff and, Uh like, stuff that, like, that's a huge, like, fandom in, like, um, in in Mexico. Like, it's super big there. So, like, if I go through certain fandoms, like, certain fandoms, like, have more, like, I've noticed are in that language. Um, okay, so the second one... Second. Uh, Schmaler? Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, Schmaler said, uh, This was very interesting. It's just such a world away from podfic fandom as I know it here on AO3 that I almost don't know what to say. It's honestly kind of strange to see the this mostly separate mono-fanish group, which has developed the same fanwork medium, i.e. fandom as a whole created podfic, MLP fandom without any knowledge of podfic began making audiobooks for fanfic, but has an entirely different set of customs around it. Uh, lack of asking permission, primarily using YouTube, what sounds like a more prevalent use of text only covers. I have a lot of feelings on this. Um, there's a really <laughs> good book by Anne Jameson called uh, Fic or Why Fan Fiction is Taking Over the World. And at first I was really bummed because there was like a huge whole section dedicated to Twilight. But what Twilight did is, like, came online, didn't realize that, like, fandom existed, and, like, recreated the whole structure. (laughs) And, like, something I've come to notice is, like, I have different fans. I have different friends who, like, do fandom, but differently. Like, there's a guy who I know through, like, a cosplay community who, like, only does canon-based, like, Transformers stuff. And anything that's not canon is horrible. And he posted, like only on DeviantArt. So, like, apparently there's, like, a community there. And then, like, my other friend, like, only did, like, gen stuff and, like, posted solely on fanfiction.net. So, like, there's, there's like, a community that, like, we're aware of, 
but like there's actually a lot of different like interacting communities in like fandom like how that comes about which i find really interesting so yeah um, and i i don't it doesn't surprise me that podficking pops up in different areas because it's not it's not this crazy incredible creative idea like audiobooks of normal books you know, published work exists already as a thing. So it's it's not a huge stretch to say, oh, well, we have these other stories that are being written. Why don't we audiobook for them? Um, but I certainly think lines get drawn between these things. I mean, we were talking off mic about the idea of, you know, levels of disgust with pod, all these things that we fought for in the past that aren't as big of a deal nowadays because the podfit community is so large. But I think that when it becomes a problem is when people prioritize or or are critical of different levels of fandom. So like I'm willing to go this far into fandom. I will, you know, like you say your friend if he he only does um, you know, mm-hmm. canon things, which is fine, like that's what he's interested in, but it's when a person says I do canon things and you don't, so you're weird. You know, like those are the mm-hmm. that's when it gets uncomfortable yeah. or or difficult, I think. And sometimes different communities just don't, they're not aware that something deeper exists, right? Because mm-hmm. they're, they're operating on their level and they're doing the things they do and they, they don't know that something else is, is happening right beside them that is similar but not the, quite the same. Yeah, like, for example, I started out in fanfiction.net. I don't remember oh, yeah. how I found LiveJournal, but, like, <laughs> that's when I, like, got active in, like, fandom, as I consider it, like an yeah. active part of fandom. Before that, I was just, like, a lurker who did nothing and didn't yeah. interact. But, like, I got to that next step. Yeah, and I think the numbers, I mean, that's... Obviously, there are so many people who are consuming and not... You know, they're contributing in that people want... You know, why write or write podfic if you don't have an audience? But it's it's mm-hmm. really different than sticking... You know, than, than saying something or popping your head up. And so we don't have an... Even though you're you're technically interacting with those people because if you're creating something and they're listening to it, then that's an interaction, but it's not, it's not one where you're aware of them beyond say mm-hmm. their screen name. And sometimes they're anonymous or they're just clicking through. They're not saying, you know, they're not giving a kudos. So you don't even see them. Um, or if you're particularly, if you're putting stuff on Tumblr where it's so ephemeral, like any number of people could be seeing that, that you're, you know, that aren't then sharing it or that, you know, there, there's just so much happening behind the scenes that it's really mm-hmm. hard to keep track of. And, and I want to say, if you are a lurker and you don't interact, go you. You're awesome. Yeah. I love you. I was you for the majority of my fandom life. Don't feel like you need to contribute. If you're like, oh, no, no one wants to talk to me. Actually, we do. Like, <laughs> I love talking to, like, anyone about things I'm excited about. Okay? I managed like, to lurk for, like, girl. five minutes. <laughs> it's not in your personality just, to be a lurker. It just didn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what you're doing, you're a part of the community. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Tipsy Kitty replied to Schmaler. So she says, Yes, what Schmaler said. This was fascinating, but I also found myself cringing several times. The idea of not asking for permission and pausing it on my commute because the conversation was stressing me out. And then, I don't have any hard numbers at hand, but it seems to me that fandom in general is made up predominantly of women, while MLP fandom has a higher percentage of male participants. Is there something to the idea that men are more comfortable with asking for forgiveness than permission? Or am I grossly overgeneralizing this? Because I honestly don't know. Anyway, thanks for this thought-provoking episode of Oral Phonic. So 
I had a thought about this. And uh-huh. while I'm sure some of it might be the asking for forgiveness and permission, I think the other thing is a little bit more what Fumbles was saying about like creating fandom from nothing, which MLP really did with a lot of the bronies. Like, I don't think a lot of those bronies had been in well-established fandoms before that had I mean I could be completely wrong here but I don't think they quite had the huge histories and if they did guys can be a lot more shameless Uh about their hobbies like you know there's a reason why guys can go out and be like shameless sports fans that cry and and wear complete body makeup whereas like when girls go and dress up for their conventions or whatever, like do their cosplay, they can feel a lot more shame over it. Like guys can just be a lot more upfront about it. Um, But like the corner that are like AO3, like this, like a lot of Podfic fandom that we represent, that we talk about, like where the three of us came from, Uh it came out of live journal fandom, which came out of traditional slash fandom, which has that like, 50 year history going 50 plus year history that goes all the way back to the original slash fandom of like you know the Kirk Spock days and those are the the parts of fandom that had like you know that has a long history of being like okay no we've kind of got to hide this you need the secret handshake to get the slash you you people worry of like oh my god if people find out that I do this I could lose my job I could lose my status in my community I could whatever it's it's kind of a thing that I've got to keep secret and it's only in the last like 10 15 years where and even shorter for some people and and not even that not necessarily even there yet depending on where you live and and what kind of home environment you have where people where it's not weird to be writing slash where you can be open about being a fan yeah where you can where you don't have to worry about losing your job if it's found out that you do these things you don't have to worry about being sued for writing fanfic where it's become a much more normalized thing like you know it's not that long ago that people were having their fan sites taken down with by DMCAs or the powers that be and, and threatened with being sued. Like yeah. AO3's done a lot to normalize that. But so a lot of the parts of fandom that we're coming from, those were legitimate fears. Okay. So and I, that I... has led to the authors around us having legitimate fears of I want to control my fan works. Yeah. I might need to tear it down for whatever reason. or And so I want to be able to control the copies that are out there. So I want to be able to control who makes copies of it, who archives copies of it. So it makes sense. Ask me for permission before you make a copy of it, which includes ask me for permission before you podfic it. The last few years, fandom has hugely grown. It's like just gone hugely large and it's gone mainstream in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of people that are that are coming in that don't have that history. And there's a lot of people that are that aren't forgetting. They never knew in the first place where a lot of the weird customs that fandom has came from. And there's a lot of people that don't understand maybe why we ask for permission. And I think MLP fandom came from a place where they don't, 
they didn't have to ever consider some of those things because bronies can be a lot more shameless about it because by the time MLP fandom came around, like there are, there are weird issues around bronyism. Don't get me wrong. They get, they have been mocked a lot too, but like it's, it's in a whole different league than this huge history that Slash Fandom has behind it that brought some of our weirdness that made asking permission feel so essential. So I just think it's a different background bringing this all forward that made people feeling like asking for permission felt so essential in our community that left it feeling different in the Brony fandom. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would add on that I think another holdover and another reason we ask permission, and I know we, we're just diving into the topic already here, but um, is this idea of the boundaries around your own work. So not just the fear of, you know, the control of it for taking it down or whatever, but also this kind of inbuilt bit of fandom where we are so careful of everybody's feelings and everybody's ownership of something and not that that is a bad thing but you know those that is kind of a female oriented atmosphere like like we're like we want to make fandom a safe space we want to make sure that you don't step on people's feelings that you know that in everything we do we are considerate for others and I think that asking permission comes out of that as well yeah like this idea that like someone has put that up there and they don't get to let go of it just because they put it up there like if you do something with it then you're taking something that is theirs and you're creating you know so I think that is not necessarily something that female male divide that she's drawing I think it is fair to say that there's a certain level of guy privilege that might not think of that and they also aren't going to have the fandom background to be used to being thinking in that manner. And the combination of those two um, lack of, of considerations might make it very easy to just be like, you know, to not even consider the idea of permission as a thing. That's also really interesting. Like uh, I'm part of a, a, a Skype group chat and like oftentimes they're coming up with like not fake ideas or like stuff like that. They all contribute. They come up with stories like it's constant. I've been a part of this for like a year and like I don't even back read everything. It's constantly going on. And like one time I contributed. I'm like, oh, this is great. You should like post it to Tumblr and I'll like record this not fake. And they're like, oh, I want to keep it and write it later. I'm like, all of these like you're doing so many of them. Like, I don't, like, like that's cool if you want to keep it for that. But just, like, my thing is, like, I have this idea. I want it. I want everyone to write as much as this thing that I want as possible. Like, yeah. I'm like, let me share this with you. Let's make more of this. For me, from fandom, like, you're literally taking from things you did not create and creating from that. So, like, I, I just, like, like, that, like, feeling of mine, mine, mine like for me is is really weird yeah. you know I, so, I do also, I think like, it's a hard thing to understand if you're yeah. the kind of person that because I'm definitely like on the side of like if you offer to do anything with anything I've ever created I'm like oh that's so cool yeah you know? me too and so I don't really understand not feeling that way even though I know that people very much do or don't I suppose 
Um, should we, I mean, we've done the talkbacks. We're kind of already, we've kind of already made what I feel is a pretty natural. uh, There's there's a reason why we chose this topic to follow (laughs) the MLP topic. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely begged the question and was a natural lead in. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know, like, uh, like, I guess we, we could start out by just talking about what our personal opinions are on asking I know that's a huge question but on asking permission <laughs> so honestly like coming into fandom I was like pro- very pro like do whatever you want yeah like build off of other people's things like um my experience and stuff like that was like off like I started in fanfiction that were often people wrote around the same tropes and then when I got into life journal there were a lot of communities that were like round robins and like um and then there was like even communities that were like like in the SGA fandom there was like the SG15 like sub community where like multiple different people would submit stories to this universe there was the same thing like with um that that one episode where like Rodney from an alternate universe comes through and he's Rod and he's cool and like apparently Shepard is a nerd. Like there was a whole community set up around people just like making stories to create this like shared universe. And like I originally like when I heard about like filing off the serial numbers at first was like mm, that's not a thing I approve of because like multiple reasons like you created this with other people's characters and are sort of profiting off of it. But mostly I felt like some of the people who are doing it were like like the way I perceived it was they were using fandom as like a test gauge uh. and like getting their feedback and then taking it down and making money off of it which to me is like counter fandom culture it's all about um you know giving stuff for free because we love this and that's that's why it exists i think introducing money to fandom is like not a good idea at all i think it'll ruin the whole thing so like now i'm more okay with like filing off the serial numbers because some stuff you do has like crazy amounts of world building and i actually know people have done it and they do do a lot to distinguish it with it but coming from other stuff like people usually don't ask permission to do fan art of a story like like sometimes they don't even ask permission to like remix and like some tropes and stuff like that that were established in fandom are so common like coming from kink memes like in like the phoenix right kink meme there was like a character who like someone introduced who was like um uh, one of the characters secretary and that became like a thing that like everyone wrote about everyone took this character and it wasn't like this is my character you can't write it just everyone did it and like there are things like that that like happen so naturally over fandom that like i don't i don't get this whole asking for permission thing like i don't like i see podfic as like a transformative work and yes you're using like the exact words i acknowledge like that you that that like part of this performance like a big part of it is you taking that from them Uh but i just don't understand because you didn't ask permission from the people who did the tv series or whatever to write your work so like why should i be to that same thing like if you are under the situation where like like you have to take it all down because of like work or something because like you're gonna get in trouble like you you like wrote some porn and now you're like teaching kindergartners and you're like i don't want that to come to back to me sure that's totally reasonable i will take that down that will affect you personally but i just i don't see it as like a thing i own even stuff i write like, I'm not, like, 
super, super invested in it. I'm like, yeah, I'm writing this for fun. Like, anyone have an ideas they want to contribute to this? Like, anyone want to write spinoffs in my universe? Just, like, go for it. I don't, like, have this sense of ownership to the things I do in fandom. I just don't have it. See, getting into my feelings about it, mm-hmm. um, I feel like like you described it as a transformative work. Mm-hmm. And if you mean that in the artistic sense, fine. But if you mean it in the legal sense, it absolutely does not meet the legal definition of transformative yeah, yeah. work. Mm-hmm. And um, for, and also, I'm fundamentally against the idea of using the legal, the U.S. legal system to define our art. Yeah. Like, I feel like, why are we, like, that's a dumb way to define our art. I'd much rather go, like, with a gentlewoman's agreement than a legal agreement, because I I think our community is better than a legal system. Um, I would much rather have it where, like, we're a community, let's act like one, um, and talk about this. Um, I would rather talk it through with the author. Mm-hmm. That said, I've gotten really lazy with blanket permission. And the idea of asking for permission seems like so much work. And so mostly these days, I just stick to blanket permission. Um, so that's basically what oh. I, like I, I, I don't think that we are owed the ability to to record without permission for the reasons that I stated earlier for respecting the history that we have. I I think that people do own the work that they do in fandom to a certain extent. I might think it's hypocritical for someone to deny me the right to podfic their work of a fan work. Uh Um, But that said, people are in fandom for a number of complicated reasons. And as one human being to another, I can respect those complicated reasons. And I don't want to stress other people out in fandom for no reason. So um, I would, I'm, I'm okay with asking for for permission. Um, I just get lazy about it. So if it's something that I really, really like, I'll ask for permission. But a lot of the time I'm just lazy and go on blanket permission because it's so prevalent these days in the fandoms that I'm in, at least. So Um, that's mostly what I do. I'd like to, oh, can I add one thing real quick? Like with things, if like there is not blanket permission, I will ask for permission. But the thing is, if you don't answer me at all, I will just do it because I will not take that a no. If you tell me no, I will not post it. Like there was a whole thing where I ruffled feathers and a kink meme. Cause like I posted, I'm like, Hey, this is anonymous. Uh, I'm going to record this. If you don't want me to respond to this mm, and nice. shit got real. And like, I personally thought like I was in the right, but like, you know what? Like your feelings are important. So even though I think that's stupid, I'm not going <laughs> to post this publicly. Yeah. We will come back to that. Cause that's a bigger, that's a bigger thing. Um, I, I think I'm sitting somewhere in the middle here actually, which is very convenient for our podcast. Um, so I have a divide between what I think should happen and what I myself am ever going to do, which is, I do kind of think it's silly that we have this need to ask permission. Like I don't, I I think when you put something up on the internet, it's, it's like, it's like all these people who are fighting against things appearing on Goodreads or whatever. Like, I don't think you have power over what you put out there. 
I don't think you, if you have, um, if you post it, you're setting it free in the world. And it's, it's literally impossible in today's age to have a control over a, a public persona or a public pro. And does that mean people shouldn't, shouldn't be shitty? I mean, obviously people are jerks, right? So I wish that that wasn't true, but I do believe that there isn't, we don't have the power to control that. And so hand in hand with that, I think that really the expectation of an author, like the idea that they have the right for permission to be asked is not true. Like, I don't think it's a right. However, whether it is nice within our community to do so, I think is a different question. Um, and mm. I think that we have established rules within our community that we ask this, you know, we, we ask these permissions. I think what you're saying about like, I ask it and then they didn't get back to me. I mean, I think that's pretty reasonable, but, um, but I think I always that, preach that, but I've thus far not followed through. Yeah. I think, I think the, the second half of that is, does that mean I'm going to do that? Probably not because I'm not. I'm not the kind of person who likes confrontation. I'm not the kind of person who wants to get an angry person at me or hurt feelings or anything like that. I hate all of those things within fandom. And I try very hard to avoid any kind of drama, to be honest. And that would include doing something that I know the community as a whole thinks is a bad thing, which means that I, and I, I also, I don't have any problem asking for permission. Like I doesn't embarrass me or, it doesn't bother me if people say no or whatever. Like I'm not, I don't see it as, I don't really tend to take that personally. However, what I'm terrible at is timeliness. And I'm almost always doing something literally two days before it's due, which means <laughs> I don't have time to ask for permission. So that is why most of the things I podfic are blanket permission because I have no good time management. <laughs> so... <laughs> So yeah, when other people have asked about it, I said like, look, if people don't respond, I think it's reasonable to say, yeah. hey, if you don't respond, I'm gonna go and podfic it, and then do it. I've I've preached that to people, but yeah. thus far I've never followed through, and I have at least two completed podfics that I've just never posted. I think there are people out there who are who are so hardline on this that they would say you shouldn't even have made a podfic even if you're not going to release it, which obviously I think is which insane it, because no one's seeing it. You are you. able to do whatever the fuck you want to do with someone's work in private. Yeah. If I want to like have crazy monkey sex hanging from the ceiling while reading your fic, you can't stop me. Like. <laughs> I can do whatever I want with your fic so long as it is in private. But what I do in public is something completely different. So recording your, your fic is totally allowed. It's sharing it publicly that is a different thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So, I mean, yeah, there's like what we want to do and then there's like what we actually do mm. and then there's like the community norms that exist and I, yeah. I mean, it's fair to say if more of us took a harder line on this and were a little bit you know did some of these things more then maybe this is a norm that would change over time but which that's kind you know. of leads into the second point that I have which leads to blanket permission and a note that I had about the summer of Pudfic hate. 
<laughs> which was the summer of 2013, I believe. It had started initially with like fan lore wank, but then, and it kind of died down. And then there was like another discussion. It was a discussion that was about theoretically recording without permission and parameters around it. And it caught wind in that calm. And I don't think it was quite realized that it was a more theoretical discussion than it was. And it was about blanket permission as well. And one of the things that I said not as clearly as I meant it, and so it was misunderstood, I said something like, if you don't want something you've written recorded without your permission, you're, the best thing for you to do is have a blanket permission statement saying one thing or another, saying either like, yes, you're free to podfic, no, never podfic, or always ask me before podficking. And there were a lot of people highly offended at the idea of having to state some sort of blanket statement for pod figures to respect their wishes when they thought obviously pod figures should always have to ask no matter what. And the reason why I had made that statement was I was talking about hypothetical situations like MLP fandom yeah. where I was talking about like fandom norms change and they're changing all the time. Like, if you've ever been on Tumblr and seen like some of the wank that breaks out when someone's like, don't you know that when you do this, it means that? And other people come in and be like, I've never heard of that. And everyone's like, everyone knows that. And half the people are like, no one knows that. Like, it happens all the time. People create little niche rules that they think everyone knows about. And then it turns out that it was pretty niche to that corner of Tumblr. And or like even, for example, didn't know. New people coming into fandom, like when I was first like doing something, I was in a retcon and I'm I like this, and people like, oh, you're supposed to like warn for like non-conish stuff like that, and I was like, oh my gosh, I I didn't know, and people got really mad. But as a new person, as like someone who is only on fanfiction.net and only consumed, I wasn't aware of this like thing. So like new people coming in aren't aware of these things either. Yeah, and like people make up like fandom specific rules like my sister was in one fandom where they knew like especially on tumblr where like fandoms will have specific rules about like tags and how to tag hate like if you want to tag hate you put this specific thing in your tag so that it won't show up in the 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 tags that people who actually like the thing want Mm -hmm. and it's like okay but that's specific to your one tag fandom and not everyone in fandom knows that until mm-hmm. everyone comes on their blog yelling at them that they didn't take <laughs> their hate properly like mm-hmm. it just you know shit like that happens all the time and it's happening in a million different ways and you know shit changes all the time new rules come about and fandom norms change and you know they change all the time but you know all you can do is make your wishes known And that's what I meant when I said, you know, if you really don't want podfic made of your fanfic, put out a blanket statement, because that's all you can do is make your wishes known. And maybe there will will be future podfickers that are like, 
I'm going to be a jerk and ignore your blanket statement, but you've done the best that you can. If you're not around for some reason or people can't find active like contact information for you, they can only act on what the community norms are at the moment and the information that they can find. Yeah. So if all they can find is your fanfic, no contact information, they're going to do what they can do. And I think it's just going to become more and more normal for people to be like, well, I tried and go ahead and podfic. Well, I mean, if nothing else, the longer fandom is around, the more and more works will be orphaned or people mm-hmm. will drift away from fandom but not delete all their stuff or, you know, things like that. Like, you're going to get... Yeah. It's just by virtue of longevity. Yeah. You might assume that you'll be around to answer the podfic question 10 years from now, but you might not be. You might assume that, you know, the the logical response will be no response means no, but you have no idea how fanish norms will change. A no response will be taken as yes. Yeah. It's already being taken that way already. And that it's it's been less than five years since 2013. Yeah. So like another thing I jumped at, I was talking on someone on like people who are non-responsive and she's like, well, obviously like you just don't do it. I'm like, yeah, but like even in like the real legal world, which I know you don't want to do after a certain amount of time, it becomes public domain. And like the problem with fandom is that it moves so much faster than like the literary world so like there's like even like real life precedences like that maybe we can set for like stuff like this and there really is like you know kind of using the spirit of what mlp fandom had how many podfics have you asked permission on how many no's have you received i've i've done over a hundred podfics I've gotten a no once. Yeah, I've never received yeah. a no. I've only just gotten a no for the first time this time, which was annoying because, like, someone said, like, yes, you can record these, and, like, no, I changed my mind. And I was like, fine, because I'm a decent human being and I don't want to start wank, I will not circulate these, but fuck you, sir. So, so that's a fairly low percentage. So it's mm-hmm. a fair guess that if you could get in touch with this person, percentage says that they would say yes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, logic says that uh, assuming that a non-response is a yes is a fairly safe logical leap. Yeah. I've never actually acted on it that way, but I wouldn't judge a pod figure who did. Most of the stuff I podfic is either someone who is well known enough in fandom that like they are that they interact enough that they already have a blanket permission statement uh-huh. or little known enough that they're just fucking psyched that someone wants to podfic their goddamn work. Yeah. Those are usually the two scenarios I come across. Most people are pretty excited to get a a request to podfic. Mm-hmm. Can we move on to, like, anonymous work, kink memes, stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, go for it. That. Okay, kink memes. So, um, basically, I was like, you know what? I love Phoenix Wright fandom. Uh, pimp out there. The Phoenix Wright kink meme is the longest-running kink meme in, like, fandom history. I Shit's remember good. this. Yes, yes. It's been around for, like, 
for goddamn ever. And like, I did a podcast for Splash Apart, and I'm like, is it still around? Uh, it is still goddamn around. So it's been around for like, I think like 10 years or more. So it's like a long time for a kink meme to be active. But anyways, so um, I was like, I want to like record some stuff off the kink meme. There's like no Phoenix Wright pod thing. So like, I went through and like, um, I like, I like went through and some of the stuff I remembered from like, way back when it was like the first part and they're on like the 25th or 30th part now i was uh-huh. like hey uh and it, it, it's enforced anonymity so there you cannot post with your thing which like i think is stupid but whatever do what you're gonna do yeah. um so um so anyways i was like hey i like this i'm gonna record it if i don't get a response within like three weeks i'm gonna assume this is permission which like um in, in, like, Phoenix Wright kink meme, like, I was active back in the day, and a lot of the people would, like, come out and post their stuff on their journals, and it was, like, archived. And there were posts for, like, each of these, like, prompting post ones where they had the archives. So this person had never come out with their stuff in, like, the seven-plus years that this happened, right? So that was taking it, too. Um, but, like, I found out uh, specifically through, like, like, I went to, like, the comments thread that people were like, this is not okay, and I'm like, okay, let, let's talk about it. Like, what do you want to know? And, like, one of the things, like, the things that I was like is, like, if you, like, if you post something anonymously, I think it's, like, free game. If you come out and, like, say, like, this is my work later, mm-hmm. sure, you have, like, all rights to it. But I feel like if you're keeping it just anonymous, like, you're, you, you can't really claim ownership to it is where I'm coming from. But one of the things that came up that was interesting is, like, someone, like, when they said with podfic, they're like, I'm worried someone would just podfic it, like, and they wouldn't even like it just for, like, something. Which I'm like, do you realize, like, I was like, do you know how much effort goes into a podfic? For me, the laziest of editors. Like, if something is 30 minutes, it is probably edited. It is probably 45, 50 plus minutes recorded, right? And that's me. And I don't repeat stuff most of the time. I'm just like, fuck it, that's good enough. <laughs> so, and then you have to listen to that and pause to edit. And so, like, if that 50-minute thing, like, sometimes it's double it, like, for just a first-pass run-through, if you're not adding sound effects later in a different one. And then, like, unless you have a beta listener, like, you're listening to it again most of the time, to make sure it's okay. And then you're doing, like, cover art and sometimes finding music. It is, like, like the amount of time you put into it is, like, five times, like, yeah, the amount you better of, like, like the it. finished work. My <laughs> editing is, like, 20 minutes for every finished minute. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, an intense editor. So, like, that's the thing. Like, like that's me, the laziest of goddamn pod figures doing this. I, like, a lot of people don't understand that, like, if you don't like this, you're not going to be doing it unless, yeah. for example, like it's for a fandom auction. And in that case, someone else likes enough to pay for it to get recorded. So, like, that's not what's happening here. Yeah. I, I'm very lucky that the one time I did an anonymous, like a non-meme or kink meme like I had the opposite reaction I went to the old spice kink meme and I left a couple comments saying the same thing like hey I like this story I'm gonna do a kink meme anthology you have until this date to let me know if you don't want it otherwise I'm gonna record it and the mod of the kink meme said 
this one was actually written by me and this one and this one. You have my permission to record these ones. And as the mod, I approve of this this way of going about it. So I was very lucky. But like my reasoning behind it, too, is like, look, it's anonymous. The thing is, if I wanted to be a big enough jerk, I could totally like like log out of my account go on anonymously and be like, yes, I am the author. You have permission to record this. Hang on, who's going to call me on it? Especially, like, with that being so old, you could totally be like, I have no, like, even if there is IP addresses on there, you could be like, I now live in Arizona. That's why my IP is from here. Like, there's no, there's no way to enforce that. Yeah. Like, for someone who could be an equal bitch, be like, I am the author. I don't approve just because they hate Podfic or they hate you. Like, there's no way to really enforce that when everything's anon. So you yeah. just kind of got to go on the honor system and be like, "Welp, let's see what happens." Yeah, I mean, you come down to the same thing that we're kind of talking about, which is like creating these lines for ourselves because you don't, you know, things within fandom have to be on an honor system because otherwise, like. If it's just a matter of like cheating around it, I mean, there's, you know, it's as it is, none of us, most people don't even use their real name for their handles. So, like, that's why you have a million weird historical things about sock puppets and, you know, whatever <laughs> other craziness is because when someone decides that they don't want to fall by the rules, it's really easy to do because that's not the kind of stuff we're policing for. You know, it's meant to be a community where we're here having fun and you just expect people to come in with good good intentions whether or not that's always true so like my feelings on like orphaned works and anonymous works and like kinkings and dead fandoms well first of all orphaned works i think that function on archive rome was made specifically so you don't delete it and someone else can come and adopt it right Right, because your other option is you can delete it right yeah yeah so So if you've decided not to delete it and you've orphaned it then you have definitely broken your tie to it yeah there's no dispute to that I yeah. do, yeah, I do feel like that slight difference, like, if something's a non, I mean, I I feel like, okay, give a slight good effort, like, good faith effort, try and just go with it if if you don't hear it, but with Orphan, I don't even think you need to give that effort, they, someone yeah. has wiped their hands of it, they have gifted it to the community while wiping their hands from it, you don't even need to ask, just yeah. podfic it. I'm not even okay, going to so if you don't ask about an anonymous work personally but yeah me too but Um, it's fine you know like i can see the argument the thing that i think needs to happen is policies need to be set like (laughs) we need to like decide as a fandom what are we doing for anonymous works what are we doing for dead fandoms because like if they're not set then it's constantly going to come back to us like I was, I was having a discussion with someone. They're like, yes, like you have to make a good faith effort. I'm like, yeah, I do most of the time. Like I often like will go like they won't on AO3, they won't link to a Tumblr or live journal or anything. I will Google around. Yeah. I will find yeah, the thing yeah. and ask them most places. But if like, it's just like make a good faith effort, that's not a standard. It doesn't matter if we make policies because fandom's a big googly jellyfish of spaghetti monster whatever like we can go and say ye fandom rules but like no one's an authority on this but blanket permission came about as like the current standard 
Like, that is the current standard right now. And, like, I think, like, that's pretty, like, despite my feelings on it, I think that's, like, a pretty good way to go about it, to stop, like, wank happening. And I just think that, like, things should, like, there there should be a thing that happens to, like, uh, this is what I'm doing. Do other people agree that, like, this is the loose rule that we should follow? Like, I know there's not set rules for fandoms, but, like, if there's not, then, like, you're always going to get that shit for if you, like, record that thing where you can't get um, the response. Like, for example, my dead fandom thing. Like, most of those people are, like, on fanfiction.net, and, like, uh-huh. I'll say this, like, not not that I know specifically, but fanfiction.net for me, like, a lot of the people who, like, wrote there, wrote there in a phase and are not as, like, part of, like, fandom at large anymore. They're gone. I um, will say running a community and explicitly allowing it yeah. is a good way to encourage that. That's yeah, how yeah. I got a lot of my, commun- like, community norms that I wanted through. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted repotting to be a thing that was accepted so I ran multipodicity and wrote a lot of meta around it (laughs) and then ran a com that supported it so if you want to run if you want to be able to say good faith effort is all you need before you run before you pod fix something that you can't on something older running a dead fandom community and then explicitly allowing it in the rules Mm -hmm. is a good way to make that a fandom norm Okay, like, I wasn't sure how, like, those things came about. I'm just saying, like, I think they need to happen. As I stated, like, I don't think it should be a thing that you should have to ask. But if someone directly tells me no, I'm not going to post the thing. So, like, just because I don't want to deal with the last dick. Yeah, it's it's not worth the wink, is what it is. So, like, like, I, I want you to know that, like, even people who disagree with me... Like, and think I am so horrendous for, like, having this opinion. Yeah. I'm following by these rules because I respect you and the community enough yeah. not to do that. So. Any any last thoughts on, on this topic um, before we move on to Rex? Anything that we feel underlines our opinions? or? I guess what I would say about permission is I'm really glad that it's that permission's gotten so much easier these days and that it looks like it's probably just gonna get easier like there's way more people that have blanket permission these days and it looks like it's people are more aware these days like I don't even when I do ask for permission, it's not like I have to go and explain what Podfic is near as much as I used to. Uh-huh. So I, I just like that it's uh, we're coming a long way. And I think we are getting to the place where we can go and do things like, okay, non-response, let's Podfic it anyways. And it's not going to be have everyone clutching their pearls. And saying that pod figures are demons that need to be thrown from fandom. Like, I don't think we would be getting a summer of podfic hate at the mention of it these days like we did back then. Um, one thing I would like to say is, like, Waldorf on Twitter is, like, talking to the pod figures. She's like, hey, would it be helpful if there was a tag on AO3 called Blanket Permission? 
And I would really love to see that become a thing just because like when you're certain, like there's the blanket permission list, but you have to go through every author and then look at their fandoms and you can't do it by like kudos or stuff or anything like that. But like if it was a regular thing on AO3. I think it should say blanket, blanket podfic permission. There's podfic welcome. Yeah. Which whenever I see, I immediately am like, I want to podfic this, even if it's like, this isn't my fandom or my pairing, and and I'm not really super into this fic, but it makes me want to podfic it, because you said podfic welcome. (laughs) So, like, uh, a tag like that, I feel like would, because, like, there are people who go, like, off the blanket permission list, that's usually not me, I just read whatever I want, and when I like it, I ask permission, and if they already have permission, that's great. But, like, if they had that, like, when I was searching something for, like, Podfic Bingo or just anything else or just having that there, it would be, like, life-changing for me. I think that's how different it would be for me, so. I wonder how we can... It is super useful when people actually put it in their AO3 profile. I know a lot of people don't put anything in their AO3 profile, but putting their blanket permission there is super useful. Yeah. If we could figure out a way to... If that's the one we're going with, like get more people to use it or create the blanket permission one because the term blanket permission is more well known, you know, like something because that that is would be really cool. It's certainly more broad, too, because it doesn't necessarily stop at podfic because it could apply to like like artwork or, or like knitting or like crafts, whatever. Remixes, too. Yeah. Yeah. Or like stories set in the same universe and stuff. So, because I, I do think we are like, as much as like where I started in response to that talk back of talking about like fandom's history of fear and, and worry around their fanish activities, like we are getting more to that point that Jen talked about where like, you know, people don't have that expectation anymore of like control over what they put over, put on on the internet anymore everyone knows that you put something on the internet it could get screen capped it gets uh-huh. like you tweet something and before you're like within five minutes it can be shared all over the world screen capped everywhere like most of the time it's not something some nobody does it's more of something something a celebrity does but everyone knows that that can happen yeah and it's just something that a lot of like young people are coming to expect on the internet. Mm -hmm. And so as more people come into fandom with that expectation, I think a lot of those worry fears that fandom had as baggage from the last like 55 plus years is slowly going to start being lost as other things take over. And, And that's not a bad thing. And that might be good for Podfic overall and change how people think of Podficers coming in and, and recording their stuff. Yeah, agreed. Shall we move on to Rex? Let's Yeah. So I have I have two Rex this month and they're both <laughs> they're both slightly self serving. After I did this, I was like mm. But the first one is Dios Kuroi, read by Anatsuno and written by Double Doll. And this is, it's one fic that was part of um, a kind of continuing series of Tumblr fics that, that Double Doll um, wrote. And it just happened to be the longest fic in that series. 
So it's quite a long podfic, and Anatsuno recorded it for me for ITPE, which is what I mean by self-serving. But I, it's so good. Um, it was such a good ITPE to get. And I think this links back to my always fear for ITPE, which is like I will do something small that I love but that is short, and someone else will give me something amazing and long, and I will feel the guilt. Um, so, <laughs> which is definitely true here. Um, because this is like a four-hour pod fic. It's um, a Derek Styles fic, and it is basically a spell that goes wrong where there end up being... It's it's a doubling spell. There end up being two Dereks, and, like, it's... Both Dereks are Derek, so it's kind of like a splitting of his personality, but, like, they like the new Derek better, and it's just a really adorable story, and the pod fic... Well, Anatsuno is one of my favorite pod figures. I love her. Um, and I'm, I just, it's, she's funny, like it's, it's a funny fic, but also like the difference between the two Derek's she does really well because like the new Derek is this kind of like joyful version of Derek. You know, he's, he's kind of, if you see in fics, when you get like Derek before the fire, he's similar to that, but he's an older, wiser one as well. You know, it's everything, it's the whole, like everything that's in him does exist in Derek, but, um, in this case, all the darkness has like been left in the other one. Um, I don't think I was spoiling the story by doing that, but her so her differentiation between the Derricks and just like the way you come out of it, like with Styles having to kind of spread himself between the two and 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 being his attraction on both sides, and I don't know, it's just it's just really well done. So and it's funny. So I really there, re- recommend that podfic. There's, there's double Derek in there, right? Yeah, there's double Derek. Sex so. times, I'm like, uh, you can't miss really go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love, I love, um, I love a double doubling fic, or you know, like it's it's a trope that I really enjoy. So especially in this one where you have this really interesting personality um, dissection as well, which is cool. I think so. It's like that episode of Star Trek: The Original Series where Kirk is split into two, yeah. sort of. Yeah, very similar. So yeah, so that's that's um, excellent fic, excellent podfic. Um, the second one is Yuri on Air, the podfic version. Now, this was written by Opal Song to be podfic, and it was read by everyone, including Padika and I, which is why I feel a bit silly. But and, and Bubbles as well. But literally, like, uh, I'm in it for five seconds. Padika's in it for five seconds. Like, we both of us have, like, two lines that are like, me too, kind of things. So I don't... Yours is bigger. Yeah, there's um, still like six lines it, or something. Right, but it's so. still not one of the the main roles. Main parts, yeah. So this pod fic has like everyone and it has a lot of people in it. It's got it's actually twenty pod fickers. Um the biggest one, Florishad, is playing Yuri and A list fictive is playing Victor and then Cantarina plays Yurio. So those are probably the the largest roles. Um this is such a great I love crazy big productions for podfix um you know multi-voice projects like i i find them so fun i always want to be a part of them even though i usually do what i did here which is just be like i'll do a small role you know just because being part of it is really cool um and this one it turned out so well like she's put several versions up so in addition to having the podfix version it's got an amazing visual version that has because because this story has so many um it's like an online, it's basically a podfic fandom version where like 
podficking is the ice skating in Yuri, if that makes sense. So like the thing they're doing is podficking rather than the thing they're doing being ice skating. Um, and so the fic itself has, you know, people talking back and forth in emails and messenger and posting on boards or LJ or, and even little snippets of podfic within the universe that she wrote that matched it. So like, it's just such a cool idea and I love how it was pulled off. I think everyone in it is excellent. Um, I find Yurio particularly hilarious, but that's kind of true across fandom, but also like, um, can't train it. just, she's just really funny in it. It's, it's very good. Um, and the, it's got a couple like very sexy podvic sections between, um, uh, Alice and Fleur Rashad that are well done. It's just, yeah, it's just a joy to listen to. So, um, it's about an hour and a half long and you should definitely go and do that. And that's all I've got those two. So, uh, Fumbles, how about you? Okay. Uh, I also have a Yuri on Ice one. Excellent. Um, uh, this one is uh, Yuri Katsuki Secret Route Walkthrough FAQ. Oh my gosh, I love Read to by Wenchi and written by Metas Inc. And first of all, I goddamn love Lunchy. Yeah. Okay. I love them so much. Um, so basically, what this story is, is. Um, it's like it's like a chat sort of thing going on about a dating simulator. And like it Yuri on Ice is a dating simulator and like it's the secret Yuri Katsuki route, uh, route like that you can like get through and stuff like that cuz like you like they're like how do you romance Yuri? I can't do it. Um and it's really cute and there's sound effects that make me really happy specifically for me cuz like um when there's parts in the game where like you're supposed to be reading the text, it has the noise they use in Phoenix Wright for like the the text coming on. So I recognize that as from Phoenix Wright and that makes me happy. And there's some music <laughs> and stuff too. And I goddamn love dating simulators and this is hilarious and beautiful and a smile on my face the whole time. Um speaking of self-indulgent and Phoenix Wright, <laughs> the second one is Head Your Bets, read by 24th Key, written by Gibralis. It's a Phoenix Wright one, which if you don't know, it's a point-and-click lawyer game. Um, through things that I'm not going to explain, because you'll have to have played all the games, like, superpowers happen. They don't actually happen in the game, but they, like, give a reason for this happening. Superpowers happen in the game. And, uh, so, like, Phoenix, our main protagonist, doesn't get any powers, and he's, like, bummed, because, like, all his friends do. And Edgeworth, like, Phoenix Edgeworth is the main pairing. Uh, Edgeworth plants... I guess his power is like poison ivy, so for he's not super in control of it, and basically like plants grow everywhere around him, and it's super great, and it's super adorable because superpowers, but then also because like the plants really like Phoenix too, and so like you, you get like that pairing thing at the end, but superpowers, and it's so so <laughs> cute. And then uh, my last one is called the Art of Disguise, and uh, this is sort of self-indulgent this was my um theatropod project uh in 2015 uh and it's read by anna unfolding hanan obira and vasilady and it's uh written by black wolf Fox. it is uh sherlock holmes 2009 like the robert downey jr one and it's the missing scene from a game of shadows in between what happens um on the train after like they resuscitate sherlock 
after like the Moriarty torture and like where they're all ready to like go to like Switzerland, whatever they are, the peace conference. It's like a missing scene between that. It's like hurt comfort could be read as Jen could be read as slash. Um, but uh, super, super good. And like, I recorded this myself first and then I'm like, Oh, this would be perfect for the theatrical. Don't, don't listen to my version. Listen to these people. These people are so crazy good. It's there's so much like emotion going on in this short time and, and like um feelings and stuff like that. And Anna Unfolding uh plays the narrator, the main character, Watson, and Vasilady is um uh is Holmes. And like just beyond my wildest dreams, like so good. And uh, a thing to note about this recording is that um, the, this was recorded when we did Theatropod that year. We did a live performance where we practiced it for like a couple months leading up to that. And like I gave notes and we did stuff. And then we had a live performance where you could listen into a stream. This is that live performance. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like on like I think there's like one stumble over a word. But, like, that's it. And, like, it's just, like, a raw live performance that you're hearing. They were phenomenal. And it is beautiful, and you should all listen to it. Nice. The recs that I have um, are slight cheating. They're all gifts that were given to me for ITPE. (laughs) I kept it down to three, which was really painful for me because I actually got more gifts than this for ITPE. So know that I actually wanted to rec more than these three. Um, and that the rest will probably be coming next month. Nice. But um, I will be starting with these three. So the first one is Twisting Fate by God, God of Laundry Baskets and written by Hosier Bitch. And it is... Okay, so I have a little bit of a reputation. Um, Rena recently dubbed me as someone who hates joy. <laughs> And this was probably given to me slightly because of that theme. Because it made me cry, and I loved it anyways. It is, it is very sad, but it, in a good, like, it hurts so good kind of thing. It is a story, um, it's actually part two of, I think it's just called Teenage Clintverse. Yeah. And the first story in it is not necessary to read. I actually went back and read it after listening to this podfic. Um, But it's just kind of like a story of like Clint joining S.H.I.E.L.D. as a teenager. And it's also kind of sad. Uh But you don't really need to know much about it other than like Clint joins S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's like kind of the first time he finds a home. And with that idea going into this fic... It starts with him on the mission sent to go kill Black Widow. And he meets Natasha and he just can't do it. And when he makes that decision, he cuts ties with S.H.I.E.L.D. to go on the run with her. And it, this story is the two of them on the run as they um, survive. And it is so heartbreaking. And it's so good, guys. It is so good. And 
and goddess of and god of laundry baskets is just like oh my god the emotions the emotions in this story as they're just like scraping by and and holding on to each other like the feels oh my god the feels and it has a happy ending i will give you that so it's not all sadness and woe but like i i so highly highly recommend this one it's it's good guys go listen to it my next one is a much more happy one <laughs> it's living in the future by opal song and it it is written by closer and it is an iron man armored adventures podfic it's a steve tony one um Armored Adventures is such an underrated cartoon. Um, it's kind of like ugly to watch. I actually watched the whole thing while knitting, while learning how to knit. So I watched my hands more than the show because the show is really, really good. But the animation is not top notch. It It's just not. But it's really, really fun. And there's just not enough thick for it. And this is a four... Like it's over four hours, the pod fic. And it's got it's it's one where like in the show, Steve is in it, but he's trapped in like he's still frozen in ice. Shield has found him, uh-huh. but they don't know how to wake him up. And this one starts off with Tony figuring out how to wake him up. Um oh, and the other thing I should say about Armored Adventures is like the premise of that show is Tony's a teenager, and when his dad dies, he basically writes in his will that um, in order for Tony to inherit his millions, he has to go back to high school. So it's uh, a high school AU with teenage Tony. And um, so it's teenage Tony Stark with a freshly defrosted, very young uh, Steve. And it's a it's a get together fic with them crushing on each other and, and Steve figuring out the 21st century and, and then being a team together. And it's, it's, I, I love these characters cause they're very different than MCU characters. And uh, it, it's just really like, especially Pepper. She's a very different character mm-hmm. um and it's just really great to have such a quality long thick in armored adventures so um go listen to it it's lots of fun and the last one is turn around three times before lying down by rs creighton oh. written by keller fick werewolves exist but there's they're kind of prejudiced against and Tony has been hiding the fact that he's a werewolf, but uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. finds out and they kind of use it against him to force him to join S.H.I.E.L.D. as uh, as they build the Avengers into like a werewolf team. And Steve was turned into like, instead of being like the kind of the peak of human perfection, they turned him into like a human that has like all the abilities of a werewolf without actually being a wolf, like a werewolf. And um, yeah, so they, and they're forcing them all to like bond and become a pack. So there's lots of like pack building. 
and found family and it was really great so um i recommend this one as well nice and those are my recs yeah i'm gonna check those out i haven't listened to any of them exciting they're really great and that's that's all we got time for Thanks for having me on, you guys. It's really fun. Yeah, no, you were excellent. Um, We very much appreciate it. And we will see everyone next month. Bye-bye. Bye.